return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. God richly bless you so much. So tonight, um, I just God just dropped a, heart, a word of encouragement on my heart to share. You know, when you read the book of First Thessalonians 5.11, Paul was admonishing the church in Thessalonica that they should continually encourage each other and build each other up, even as they've always been doing. Okay, so every time we hear the word of God, that builds us up, that encourages us. So tonight is a word of encouragement, and it's titled, It Shall Be Well With The Righteous. It Shall Be Well With The Righteous. So let's read Isaiah 3, verse 1 to 10. Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. See now, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah both supply and support, all supplies of food and all supplies of water, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty and the man of rank, the counselor, skilled craftsman, and clever enchanter. I will make mere youth their officials. Children will rule over them. The verse 5. People will oppress each other. Man against man. Neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old. The, the nobody against the honored. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's house and say, You have a cloak. You be our leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day he will cry out, I have no remedy. I have no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Jerusalem staggers. Judah is fallen. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sins like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them. They have brought disaster upon themselves. The verse 10. The righteous tell the righteous it will be well with them. For they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Amen. Amen. So we, we bless God for, for this word. You know, when you, when you look at the world, you know, the world most often divides mankind along several lines. You know, the world divides us in terms of geographical locations. So we have South America, we have North America, we have Africa. The world will divide us in terms of languages. So some people are speaking, you know, Spanish, others are speaking English, others are speaking so many other languages. And that tree, you know, and that divides us. And, and gender, gender was actually instituted by God, male and female. But that is how the world, you know, divides us. People are divided according to, you know, political affiliation, you know. And, and so many, so many divisions. But when it comes to God, you know, God actually sees man, you know, based on two kingdoms. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. Righteousness and wickedness. So he looks at the world and then he sees us, he sees the wicked and he sees the righteous. So when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9, before we go into what we just read, 
Bible says that you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. So you see the two contrasting divisions. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. So here, you know, God sees two kinds of people, the righteous and then the wicked. And then he judges based on their deeds. And that is why when you read somewhere in the book of First Peter 2, 9, when the Bible says that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you know, a peculiar people, we have been called to speak for the praise of the one who has taken us from darkness into his marvelous light. So that is how God, you know, sees, sees us. But the question is, who is the righteous? Who is the righteous? Now, the righteous are people who obey the commandment of God. The righteous are people who live according to the statutes of God. The righteous are people who live in the will of God. You know, those who live according to God's word. Deuteronomy 6.25 talks about the righteous. I just want to build something before we, we delve into what we just read. Say that, and if we are careful to obey all this law before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. When you read other version, it says that the righteous are those who carefully obey all the laws before the Lord. The laws that the Lord has commanded. No. So that is the righteous person. The righteous person is anyone who has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and personal Savior and believe in Jesus Christ. So Romans 3.22 says something. It talks about the kind of righteousness we have. He said that this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. So the righteous is the one who has accepted Christ. The righteous is the one who has denied himself and has admitted that Jesus Christ is Lord of all and has dedicated his life to Christ. When you read 2 Corinthians 5.21, Bible talks about the fact that God has made Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, you know, to be sin on our behalf. Now, because Jesus has become the sin on our behalf, Bible says that now we have become the righteousness of God. Okay? So, if Bible talks about the, 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 the righteous, you know, it shall be well with the righteous, who is God actually referring to? But looking at the word of God we have just read, about the fact that the righteous is the one who, you know, abides by the will of God. The righteous is the one who has accepted Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior and believes in Christ. Then it means that the righteous that God is talking about is you and I. Believers. We who have accepted Jesus as our Lord and personal Savior. So you and I, by the grace of God, are called the righteousness of God. And the word of God, the word of encouragement from God for, to us tonight is that it shall be well with us. It shall be well with us. It means that the Lord has high regard of you and I. He, he holds us in high esteem. That irrespective of challenges, irrespective of difficulties, irrespective of everything that is happening in this world, irrespective of everything that is looming on in your life, God is giving us a word of assurance because you are a child of God, because you belong to Christ, because you are his righteousness, it shall be well with you. And, and, and when we look at this story we read, you know, Bible says something in the book of Proverbs. It says that righteousness shall exalt a nation, but sin shall, you know, destroy the people. So when you look at this scripture we read in the book of Isaiah chapter 3, it talks about the time when the people of Judah, you know, they had sinned so much against God. Their sins had escalated to the point in time that God was angry at them, you know. And Bible says that God 
prophesied. He spoke words of doom against them through his prophet Isaiah. And when you look at the content of what we just read, you realize that God was trying to tell them that he is going to make sure that he's going to cut off their water and their food, their basic needs, their basic necessities. So what God was actually saying was that there was going to be famine and there was going to be drought. When you read down, in other versions, it says that I'm going to take away your judges, I'm going to take away your soldiers, I'm going to take away your prophets, you know, and the people shall oppress each other. So indirectly, what was going to happen was that there was going to be lawlessness and insecurity. And this even actually makes me, you know, appreciate the role of the man of God in a nation. Any nation that does not have people of God will suffer destruction. Because it is the man of God, is the people of God who teach, you know, the citizens the way of truth, the word of God. And that is how people are reformed. You know, they are saying that the law enforcement agencies will all be cut, cut short. So there's going to be law and chaos. There's going to be lawlessness and insecurity. And then one striking thing that the scripture says is that he said that he's going to make children and mere youth leaders over them. You know, children and mere youth leaders over them. And that is talking about reckless and irresponsible leadership. You know, when we talk about leadership, you know, we are talking about people who are matured, people who are in-depth, people who can lead people. But because of their sins and because of all that they had done, God wanted to punish them. So Bible said that he said that he would give them just children, a mere youth, to rule over them. And, and, and you realize that children are not as deep as the elderly. You know, children are a bit myopic as compared to the elderly. So when I was reading it, I just remembered the scripture in the book of Second Chronicles and First Kings. Bible talks about a man called Rehoboam. You know, Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. Bible says that after Solomon's death, he ascended the throne. And when he ascended the throne, Bible said that the citizens, you know, approached his, his palace. And then they brought a request to him. They said that lighten the load, you know, the load of work and taxes your father imposed upon us. So that, you know, we will support your, your kingship. And then he told them to, you know, take a break. He's going to consult with his he says, wise men, and then give them a response. And Bible said that he spoke to the wise men, the elderly. They gave him good advice. They told him that, you know, per our experience, we think you should listen to their petition and do what they say. If, if you do that, you are going to win their hearts and they are going to support your, your kingdom, your kingship. But then Bible says that he also went to solicit advice from the young guys, the youth he grew up with. And they said that, oh, don't mind these people, you know, make their burdens, you know, more, more difficult than that, that, that of your father. And Bible said that he listened to what the youth said. And because of that, you know, even though it was in the, in the, in the will of God to divide the kingdom, that actually led to the division of the kingdom. You know, it tells you about when you have shallow-minded people as leaders. So if God is telling these people that he's going to make children or mere youth leaders, he was just trying to say that reckless leadership, irresponsible leadership is going to make, bring so much chaos in the nation, you know. But irrespective of all these things and the hardship it will bring upon the people, in the verse 10, Bible gives a word of assurance through the prophet to the righteous that it is true that all these things will happen. It is true that things will be very difficult. It is true that there will be leadership crisis. 
It is true that there is going to be famine. It is true that there is going to be you know, um, drought. It is true that so many things will happen that will make people insecure and will make people cry and weep. But tell the righteous that it shall be well with them. And that is a word of encouragement you know, to us. And when I was just reading this scripture, you know, I was just looking at so many parts of the world. What we see from this scripture is actually happening. You know, Pastor Dave always says that Americans haven't seen any, anything yet because they are, they are okay. It's like we are living in our own you know, world. But if you are from the other part of the world, if you are from the other places, you really appreciate this word of God. You know, you know there is so much info security in so many places in the world, even as we speak. You know, there is, there is lawlessness. In so many places, you know, it is not because they don't have judges like God said. It's not because they don't have security agents like God said to maintain peace and order. These people are there, but because of corruption and because of wickedness, you know, they are perverting the way of truth. And instead of judges and these for, uh, security men, you know, enforcing justice, they are rather supporting injustice. So there is chaos all over. It is not as if there are no men of God in these places. They are men of God, but the issue is that the charlatans have abounded. The, 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 the false prophets have abounded. They are overshadowing the people who are actually leading the way of truth. And because of that, there is so much false doctrine all over the place. Because of that, there is so much bad teachings all over the place. And people are burdened, you know, putting yoke on people. It is not as if these places don't have matured leaders. It is not as if they don't have, like, grown leaders. But you see, because of wickedness and because of corruption... These leaders are behaving like children. Instead of, you know, being like adults who are, you know, far-sighted, who will be able to take decisions that will, you know, make the living standard of their people better because of their bellies and because of corruption and the little that they were amassed, these people are creating a lot of chaos. And there is bad leadership all over the place. We don't have generational thinkers any longer, you know. People as leaders are signing bonds and signing agreements that is putting future generations into jeopardy. And that is what is happening. That is happening in this world. You know? So there is hardship. There is high unemployment rate in so many parts of the world. There are high costs of living. People are really struggling. And even their believers are being affected. But Bible is saying that irrespective of all these things, just like in the time of Isaiah, the word of assurance came to the people who knew the law. The word of assurance came to the righteous that these things will happen. Unemployment will be hard. It will be difficult, you know, to make ends meet. Things will happen. People will not know what to do. But as for you, because you are the righteous, it shall be well with you. And that is the hope of the righteous. That is the hope of the righteous. There are so many nations that are in a state of economic and spiritual bankruptcy. But God knows his people. God knows his people. So, just as the word of hope, you know, came to the people through Isaiah, in the same way, in every dispensation, if you read scriptures, God always has a people of his own. In times of adversity, in times of challenges, in times of difficulties, these people are the righteous. And the Bible said that God proves himself so strong and faithful in the life of these ones. And he sets them apart. And thanks be to God that in our dispensation, you and I are the righteous. So it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what is happening. God is saying that it shall be well with you and I. Hallelujah. It shall be well with us. And apart from all these things, the believer is, you know, is afflicted with so many challenges. The believer is afflicted with so many difficulties. And that is the world we find ourselves in. When you read scripture, the Bible says that this world is a fallen world. You know, and the ruler of this world is, is the devil. You know, 
So the devil has put in systems that are hostile, systems that are just put in place, you know, to frustrate the life of the believer. So seemingly it looks, you know, rosy for the unbeliever because it is a destroyed world, it is a perverted world, so through their wickedness and all that, they're able to amass all that they want to amass. And it looks as if life is okay with them. And for the believer who trusts the Lord, for the believer who is a righteous man, it looks as if the world is very hostile to us. Because just as an unbeliever would have to pay bribe and get a position, for you a believer, you cannot, you cannot do that, you would not do that, and because of that, you will not get a job to do. I'm talking about how difficult the world is. And how challenging the, the, the enemy has made the world, you know, for believers. But Bible is saying that irrespective of all these things, there is hope for us. There is hope for us. He said, I say to the righteous, it is well. So, you know, I always say that the, 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 the battle, the enemy, you know, battles the believer, is not a battle for physical possessions. It's not a battle for our health. It's not a battle for the finances we have. It's not a battle for the possession we have. We have. Bible makes us to understand that the battle or the war the enemy wages with the believer, Bible says that it's a fight of faith. It is a contention for the faith of the believer. So when you read 1 Timothy 6.12, Bible says something. Paul was admonishing Timothy. He told him, he said that, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you, were made, when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Well, what Paul was trying to say is that the enemy will fight you, the enemy will smite you, the enemy will make life unbearable for you, things will be very challenging for you, not because the enemy wants that thing of yours. It is because of your faith. You know, it is a battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. It is the enemy's will that he will depopulate the kingdom of light, win more souls to himself. So that salvation you have as a believer, you know, that faith you have so much in God as a believer, that is the target of the enemy. So you see the sicknesses, the sufferings, their pains, all those weapons, you know, you know, enticement with money, um, bringing, you know, lust, and all destroying it all against you is not because that is not the end. It's actually a means to the end. The enemy wants us, you know, to lose our salvation and lose our faith. And sometimes, as children of God, we are hit. As children of God, sometimes we are hit to the core. Sometimes we we, we feel the pain. Sometimes, you know, we are pushed to the wall. We begin to ask questions. You know, sometimes we are pushed to the wall, we, we feel so helpless and we feel so hopeless, and we begin to ask God questions. Do you indeed have my interest at heart, oh God? Don't you see what the enemy is doing in my life? Don't you see how the enemy is tormenting my flesh? Don't you see how the enemy is afflicting my child? Don't you see how the enemy is you know, affecting my finances? Don't you see how the enemy is making me feel disappointed all over? God, are you far away? Yet your word is saying that it shall be well with me. And, and that is where the enemy always wants, wants to get us to, you know. That is where the enemy always wants to push us to. But tonight, the word of assurance to us is that, irrespective of what is happening, this is the word of God to, to us. It shall be well with us, because we are the righteousness of God. When you read the book of Psalm 73, Bible talks about a man called Esau. You know, okay, Bible didn't really talk about his name, but he is the writer of that psalm. And, and, and he, he and his descendants were set aside by David you know, to worship God in songs and music. So he actually wrote 11 of the Psalms. So Psalm 50 and then Psalm 73 to Psalm 83 was written by Asaph. And Asaph, you know, observed his life. He, he, he sang a song. It was actually a prayer song to God. You know, he looked at his life and he was comparing himself to the wicked. 
And he realized that it looks as if God had not been good to him. It looks as if, you know, his life is, is tormented each and every time. It looks as if, even though he had availed himself to God, he is serving God, he is a child of God, it looks as if the wicked was, you know, prospering, and he, the righteous, was suffering. You know, he, it seemed as if, you know, following God was like a, more of a disadvantage to him. So he, 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 he said something in the verse in the verse 13 and 14. He said that surely in vain, have, in vain I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings me new punishments. You know, he, he, he was saying that is it in vain for me to live righteously before God? Is it in vain for me to serve God with all my heart? Why am I not experiencing the blessing I ought to experience? Why is God not shining his face upon my life? Why am I not experiencing that Abrahamic covenant that is, you know, uh, that is given to the children of God? It looks as if my friends, my relatives, the people who don't care about God, the people who don't serve God, the people who, who, who are not even bothered about God, who don't even believe in God, it looks as if here in this world, they are even prospering. Here in this world, they are even enjoying a happy life. Here in this world, they are making it more than me. Is it in vain for me to live pure for God? Is it in vain for me to serve the Lord with all my heart? And that is where he had got into. He was bitter in his heart. He was rendering some prayers to God because the world was hostile to him. And that is, why, that is how sometimes, you know, we believers, you know, there are, there are times we are hit to that core and we, we, we begin to ask questions. You know, we begin to ask questions. There are so many believers that, that are even at the crossroads, even as I speak, you know, some are on the verge of, you know, renouncing their faith. Some want to go back to the world. They believe that God has forsaken them. They believe that they have been abandoned by God. They believe that the, the wicked are flourishing while they are suffering. They begin to ask God so many questions. There are so many who have quit church because they don't see any benefit they are getting from going to the house of God. There are so many who have quit prayers. There are so many who have lowered their Christian standards. Because of certain delays and certain challenges in their life. You know, and some are even beginning to doubt the existence of God. There are so many people who have gotten to that extent. But tonight, this is the word of God for us. He said that it shall be well with the righteous. It shall be well with the righteous. You know, life out of Christ is crisis. Life out of Christ is crisis and, and, and eternal destruction. You know, the world has nothing better for us. Hold on to your faith. Because the word of God is so sure. The word of God is ye and in, in him is amen. Do not quit. Do not be discouraged. Hold on to the word of God. If indeed he says that it shall be well with you, it will definitely be well with you. Even though it tarries, it will definitely come to pass. I like how the Message Bible talks about Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10. The Message Bible. It, it says that, reassure the righteous that their good living will pay off. Reassure the righteous that their good living will pay off. So you see Asaph's question, he was asking God, is it in vain for me to keep myself pure? Is it in vain for me to serve God? Is it in vain for me to come to church on Wednesdays, to come to church on Sunday evenings, to come to church on Sunday morning? Is it in vain that I pray in the morning, I pray in the evening, I pray you know, at home, in my, in my secret places, I pray? Is it in vain? The word of God assuring us tonight is that your good living will pay off. Your serving God will pay off. Because God has you at heart. 
And he is going to deliver you even at the point of need. So let's hold on to the word of God. Let's hold on to the word of God. Because God will definitely come to our aid. And like I was saying that, Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him from them all. So, so we are afflicted because of the world we find ourselves in. It's a fallen world. The systems will not favor us. The policies may not favor us. But God has a good plan for us. God has a good plan for us. It is well with the righteous. In Psalm, in Psalm 34 verse 15, Bible says something. He said that, Psalm 34 verse 15. Bible says that God watches over the righteous. God, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their cry. So because you are the righteousness of God, because you are the righteous, never think that your prayers are in vain. Never think that the eyes of the Lord are off you. Bible says that the eyes of the Lord moves to and fro, you know, and it has spotted the righteous. It is just like a magnet, you know, meeting another magnet. Because you belong to God, because you are part of him, when he looks down upon the earth, because his imputed righteousness is upon your life, anytime he looks down upon the surface of the earth, he, you are the one he sees because you are part of him. And, and, and his, his ears are attentive, you know, to the prayer of the righteous. You know, when you read the book, in the, in the, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 6, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that the world was taken over by a flood. You know, and many people died. But the Bible says that Noah and his family rose about, above this disaster because the eyes of the Lord was upon Noah. When you read Genesis 6, 8, the Bible says something about Noah. He says that, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why did he find favor in the eyes of the Lord? This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with, the Lord, with, with God. So it means that the righteous always finds favor before the Lord. So in the time of difficulty, in the time of affliction, when we call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible said that his ears are attentive to our prayers, and he will show us favor. So it doesn't matter what is happening globally. It doesn't matter what is happening in our life. The eyes of God is upon the righteous. So tonight, wherever you are, know that the eyes of the Lord is upon you. He has never lost sight of you. He will meet you at the point of need. You know, there are times things may be so dark. There are times things will be very, very difficult. There are times even, even family, you know, will betray you. Just like Joseph, you know, his brothers betrayed him. You know, at a point in time, the Bible said that he was even falsely accused, you know, by Potiphar's wife. And he was thrown in prison for 13 years. But he was a righteous person. But Bible says that, you know, the Lord loves the righteous. When you read Psalm 146 verse 8. I don't know whether I gave you that. Psalm 146 verse 8. It said that the Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. So know that because you are the righteousness of God, because you are called the righteous, the Lord loves you. The world may reject you. The world may be hostile. Things may be difficult. You may not be experiencing love from the world, but God loves you. No matter who you are, God loves you. He has a great plan for you. He will come to your aid. He will listen to your cry. You know, you, 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 anytime he looks down, you attract him. You know, the eyes of the Lord is upon you. And the Bible said that at the right time, God brought him out of prison. He brought him out of the prison and then he made him a prime minister. I don't know what prison you find yourself in tonight. I don't know what challenging situation you find yourself in tonight. I don't know what is the burden, you know. But the word of God for us tonight is that it shall be well with the righteous. 
So even though you know you feel downcast, know that there is a lifting up of your head. You know, by God. God is going to lift up your head. God is going to, you know, meet you at the point of need. Even if you are in the lion's pit, even if, even if you are in the fiery findings, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. It shall be well with you. It shall be well with you. You know, when you read Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17, Bible says something. It says that, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut short. When you read other version, it says that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. I don't know what expectations you have. I don't know what you are expecting from God. It may be healing. It may be a breakthrough. You know, it may be, you know, a touch. You know, you want God to touch your child. You want God to touch your wife. You want God to touch your husband. You want God to touch certain aspects of your life. You need, you know, a breakthrough in life. One thing I want you to be assured is that your expectation will not be cut short because you are the righteousness of God. So let's have this hope in God that he, he knows us. He sees what we go through. It may be tough. It may tarry. It may take long, you know. And sometimes you may hear the assurance over and over and over and over and over and over again. It becomes like a cliche. It has no meaning for you any longer, you know. But you see, the word of God that came this morning... This is like a top-up to the word of God, you know. Abraham, you know, was dead in the body. You know, the womb of his wife was dead because she was way past the time of, you know, giving birth. But you see, he did not look at that. He trusted in the word of the Lord. So tonight, this is a word of assurance for us. Trust in the Lord. And know that because you are the righteousness of God, because you are called the righteous, Bible is saying that it shall be well with you. Let's hold on, on, the, word. Let's hold on to the word of God. This is just a simple message God wants me to give you tonight. That it doesn't matter what is happening. It doesn't matter what is going on. Just trust in the Lord and His Word. And He's saying that the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. He's saying that it shall be well with the righteous. Whose Word is more powerful than the Word of God? Whose Word do we believe? Is it the Word of the doctor? Is it the Word of man? Is it the Word of what anybody is saying? Would you believe that over the Word of God? The Word of God, Bible says that it comes to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. So tonight, if this word is what God wants us to hear, that it shall be well with you, then it definitely will accomplish the purpose for which it is sent tonight, that it shall be well with you. Let's trust the Lord. Let's hold on to his word. And everything he has said concerning us will definitely come to pass. So tonight, don't be moved by what you see. Don't be moved by what you hear. Only be moved by the word of God, which gives us this assurance that it shall be well with us. So be encouraged, you know, be encouraged and know that the one who has promised is faithful and whatever he has said, he will do it. May the Lord bless us tonight for his word and may the Lord fulfill his word in our lives. It doesn't matter how long it has tarried. It takes, Bible says that a day is like a thousand years before God and a thousand years is like a day before God. Tonight is a night of breakthrough for us because his word has come to us. May the Lord enforce his word in our life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Shall we bow down our heads? I just want you to begin to thank the Lord. Just begin to thank the name of the Lord for tonight. You know, just appreciate Him for the good intent He has for us. Just, just bless the name of the Lord for the good intent He has for us. Even when we thought He has forsaken us. Even when we thought it was over for us. Tonight His word is assuring us that it shall be well with us. Just thank the Lord for His word. Just appreciate the Lord for his word. We are his righteousness. 
we are the righteousness of God. And because of that, he has so many blessings for us. He said that his ex- our expectations will not be cut short. He said that the Lord loves the righteous. He said that the eyes of the Lord is upon the righteous and his ears are attentive to his prayers. Let's thank God for this word of assurance. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that your eyes are upon us. Thank you that even in the chaos, even in the difficult, even in the challenging times, O oh Lord, your word comes, O oh God, as an assurance to us that it is well with us. We thank you, Lord, that we are not like the hopeless. We thank you, Lord, that we are not like the helpless. We have you, our Lord. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. In the book of Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, the Bible says that the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Finally, I just want you to begin to speak. You are the righteousness of God. Bible calls, but God calls you righteous. He said that your mouth is like a fountain of life. Now speak life into every situation you want to see. You know, speak life into everything you want God to do in your life. Speak positivity. Begin to open your mouth and enforce the word of God. You are his righteousness. He said that the mouth of the righteous is like the fountain of life. Everything you are expecting God to do, begin to speak to it. Begin to speak to it because your mouth has been anointed. It's a fountain of life that can cause a change. It's a fountain of life that can establish the will and the purposes of God. Begin to speak to that situation right now. In the name of Jesus. Speak life into that dead situation. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Tonight we bless your name, our most high God. We give you all the praise for your word of assurance to us. That we are not hopeless, that we are not helpless, that we have you, O God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who thinks about us. Your word has made us to understand that our expectations will not be cut short. Your word has made us to understand that you love the righteous. Your word has made us to understand that your eyes is upon the righteous and your ears are attentive to our prayers. We thank you for this great assurance. We pray in the name of Jesus. Your word has made us to understand that the mouth of the righteous is like a, a fountain of life. Therefore, we stand on your word and we begin to speak life into every situation in our life. We are praying in the name of Jesus that, oh God, let there be healing in sickness right now in the name of Jesus. Let there be breakthrough, oh God, in any places where we are engaged, even in the name of Jesus. We are praying, oh God, that even as you have promised us and have assured us that it shall be well with us, we pray that every situation we find ourselves in, let it be well with us. In the name of Jesus, may you cause every darkness in our life to flee and let your light, oh God, shine so bright. It is our prayer that give us a testimony, O God, and let us know that indeed your word is really true and that your word accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. Tonight we give you all the praise that diseases are healed. Tonight we give you all the praise that the confused are now seen. We give you all the praise that that which we are afflicted with is gone. We thank you, Lord God Jesus, that we are well. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are blessed beyond the curse. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are your righteousness. And because of that, we walk in authority, we walk in victory, and we walk in liberty. We give you all the praise that chains are broken. We exalt thy holy name, O God. For in your presence there is fullness of joy. And at thy, ple- and at thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. We thank you for the pleasure, pleasures you've given to us tonight. We thank you, Lord God Jesus, for what, O God, you have accomplished. We give you all the praise and we exalt thy name for blessing us, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. If anyone needs prayer.
Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.